So I have to admit, you know, I was very critical of Riot Blockstream and their first in this series, this, I guess it's a docu-series, uh, the first episode in this docu-series, uh, I was very critical. And then I was very, and then I, I, I created this little um, topic here, this show where you create a show and then you uh, plan to address it in the future. I created this little title of the show <laughs> before I actually had watched the the whole thing. I've watched it now. I've watched the episode two in its entirety. And I have to say, um, I labeled this, this, the title of this discussion, you know, puke, right? Riot blockchain documentary part two. Um, but then I added, you know, puke and question mark, or just a distraction question mark. Distraction campaign, yes. So I, I don't want to just say I'm disgusted by this part two. You know, it, it, it's a little bit heartwarming. Um, and you know why? It's because they've, and maybe they've done this on purpose. In part two, they have people employed, they're interviewing basically people employed at, at Bright Blockstream. Sorry, Riot Block, Riot, what is it called? It's just called Riot. I don't know why I was adding the term block, blockchain. It's called Riot, right? It's also called, called uh, Windstone. They were interviewing people who were related to each other, like family members. They had a father-son team, like in the, I guess, in the construction uh, department of Riot. They had... Um, a a a sister team to two women who were happened to be sisters working together in the accounting department and they were interviewing them together right or uh they were asked you know they they made it clear that they were related to each other um and it's almost almost it's almost like a smear on the entire you know maybe population of, of rockdale in a way and that like the people of rockdale who who live there who grew up there do they like never leave this town, which this is a town, you know, an hour and a half or so, or maybe two hours, maybe it's like an hour and a half from, from Austin, Texas. You know, I guess, I don't know how big this town is, but it's, it's, it's far enough away that, that, that if you lived in Rockdale, you probably aren't commuting. Or if you, if you are like to the big city <laughs> or to North Austin, it's probably pretty rare that you would choose to live in, live in Rockdale and then commute to the city. So these are people who live there and uh, probably take, you know, jobs that, that happen to come to Rockdale. And it's obvious too that they're, they're making this claim in the video because they do talk about their past employer, at least a lot more in the, the first episode where they talk about how Alcoa or, or some, some, some big employer and Rockdale closed up shop, I think around 08 or something. And it was devastating to the community because a lot of locals, you know, worked for them. And now they have this opportunity, right? Where this, this big company, Riot Block, <laughs> I keep wanting to call it Riot Blockchain. I think it's just called Riot. Uh, where this big company, right? Riot, um, who, who their operation is to mine Bitcoin. They're coming out to the small town 
and they're providing lots of jobs, right? This is the whole point of the last two episodes of Riot's uh, campaign in this docu-series. This, I don't know how many episodes they're going to do. I keep thinking they're going to actually talk about cool stuff, right? And not just the people that work there. Not that, you know, that I don't like hearing these stories and, oh, it's, you know, great that people have jobs. Um, but at the same time, they're sort of deflecting in a way. I, I definitely think it's a distraction campaign. You know, the first video that came out from, from Riot in this docu-series made me really want to puke. And I, I still stand by that. I really wanted to puke when I watched it because like maybe I was expecting something different. Maybe I was expecting, you know, an engineering tour or I wanted to hear from the founders or at least executives that run Riot um, or run the facilities at Winstone. But instead, what we got in, in the first episode was just, just a series of interviews. Hey, look at us. We're, 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 we're such a great company because we're employing people uh, from this a small town. And, you know, in a way they're sort of making fun of the people that live here. And I don't appreciate that at all. Right. The people that happen to live in Rockdale, right. They're, they're, they're in a way making fun of them. Like, Oh, they lost their job at this, you know, previous shop that closed up. I, I think it was called Alcoa. I don't, I don't know what it was called, but some big uh, company that used to exist didn't exist uh, there after I don't know the great financial crisis, but but now they have no employment options or whatever. So now Riot comes in and saves the day. This was definitely the uh, message of the first episode. But I I did a commentary think on the first episode, so I shouldn't rehash it here. Maybe I'm remembering incorrectly. Let's talk about episode two. So I was hoping for episode two to go beyond just talking about employees or interviewing employees. And I, I wanted to hear from the guy himself, Chad Everett Harris. His name is, you know, quote unquote, Giga Chad. I think that's his Twitter handle. Uh, he's the guy that apparently started Winstone, who then sold this facility in Rockdale to Riot, which is a publicly traded company. And this publicly traded company, it almost was like a SPAC in that they, they, they raised money not for this purpose. So a SPAC is an entity that goes public and enlists public money uh, where the public who are buying the shares or offering up their cash in, in exchange for shares have no idea what this business is actually going to do. It's like uh, they raise money and they're not going to tell you what they want to do. And then they go and then they go figure out what they're going to do with the money. They go buy a business, right, or something. So this this riot company was in a totally or it might have been called something else, but this riot company was a publicly traded company who shifted their their um, their business to Bitcoin at some point. And they ended up buying uh Windstone, this Windstone facility, right? This this guy that is named Giga Chad or or Chad Everett Harris, I believe is his name. He started this company called Windstone and Riot acquired it. Uh, Riot, this publicly traded company, right, that had already raised public funds and had, you know, public shareholders bought this facility out. And so they came in with, you know, uh, lots of money, apparently from, I guess, their sale of stock, right, because they were, they had already existed. That's like a question that's, that's, that should raise your, um, I mean, this is a red flag for me. Like, again, 
this is deviating from the episode, but I would say investigate this company. What did they do before? Actually, I don't know, right? Well, what were they before? Uh, why did they transition to Bitcoin mining? Why did they buy up Winstone? But regardless of, of you know, uh, that story, let's just talk about this second episode, which I keep getting distracted from. Uh, again, the second episode follows from the first one where they're interviewing people that work there. Like in this episode in particular struck me as interesting because they interviewed families that work together there. Like oftentimes if you get a job, I mean, if you're, if you're working in a big city, you know, I've worked in several big cities, but if you work in a big city, you, you typically don't like have your relative working with you. Like they don't typically work in the same company, right? It, it, it would be unreasonable to assume that like, so your relative, like your sister or your son, like is working with you, you know, at some oil company, like even if it's a massive oil company, it's unusual. Now, the oil company I used to work for didn't did have this situation happen. A little bit of nepotism, but it was a big giant oil company. And what's it's unusual though. It was a traditional oil company, right? A lot of things with this oil company that pension plan, right? This is not typical stuff. This is not what you see normally in a normal, you know, big giant corporation, but, but in riot, right They're they're talking about how they're showcasing one man right in the construction department. And then his son is right by him and the, it, you know, in, in the construction department. And then they're, they're, they're then talking about uh, the accounting department, and two people, two people who happen to be sisters are, are working side by side. And she's like, yeah, it's great. I get to work with my sister day to day. That's awesome. Right. I get to work with my sister. Uh, that's part of the, that's, that, that is, she, I think literally said that is one of the highlights of my working experience is like getting to work side by side with my sister. So it's great that Riot gets to, uh, hire sisters or hire father and son. And the, the son is like, yeah, I'm learning all these, you know, traits of responsibility. And the father in the construction side of Riot is like, yeah, I get to teach my son or, or I've, I have also become more responsible working here. So it's great that like, I think it is actually that the story of what's positive about this, because I tend to focus on the critical, I tend to be really critical and negative a lot of the, most of the time, but uh, maybe that's a character fall of my own. But what is positive here is that they are expressing what Riot can do for the employee, right? They can help them gain new skills. They can teach them leadership skills. They can teach them something new, right? A lot of these people are like, yeah, I've never seen this much technology. I'm from this small town outside Austin, an hour and a half away, right? I'm learning about computers. I'm learning about these the, so to mine Bitcoin, right, you have these liquid like cooling baths and it's very complicated because uh, you have to cool the machines, right? These machines have to be turned off and on, right? They have to be programmed, right? They didn't get into any of this stuff, which is the cool stuff, but you can see it from their video, right? From the video that they show. Um, and what's, what's a little bit... Um, annoying to me is like, they're not getting to the good stuff. Like I want to learn about how they're doing the cooling, how they're turning off the miners when the ERCOT tells them to turn off, right. To save 
because the the grid is being um, challenged. Like these are the things I wish they had in the documentary, right? But but what I wish for in this documentary isn't. Um, I mean, they're a private. Well, they're a public company, and but they have they have the right to to showcase whatever they want to showcase. In my opinion, it's a good humanitarian showcase of the value of, of employment and work and what this what this company can do for its employees but they're not showing a, showing any of the benefits that go to riot like so from the labor that these people who are working there how are they benefiting the company it's it's almost like they they, they just want to showcase this idea of the company is is so beneficial to these people who work there they would have no job opportunities in rockdale if 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 riot was not there they wouldn't have this opportunity which could be true i mean if there's not really big employment opportunities there they may have to move or they may have to go to a different city or commute right but but the whole idea it's like very one-sided of riot saying we've we've been a savior to these people this is what we're providing them with income a good income leadership skills and again I am a cap, you know, free market person. So I get it. Like, yes, providing jobs does help people, right? It, it gives them a salary, a wage, right? It, it teaches them leadership skills and employment skills. Yes, I get that, right? But they're hammering it, right? And it's almost one-sided. They're saying, you know, hey, look, um, we're providing all of these resources to the employer, to, sorry, to the employee, but they're not talking about how the employee is benefiting them or if they're working there is going to be long term. If they're working there is actually providing value to society, not just, oh, it makes me a paycheck, but what, what kind of value does this actually provide? It's sort of this is the employees are interviewed and it's just this a loose association with this is like great technology. This is because they don't understand what's going on, right? Because these people they're clearly like not that technical and they clearly don't understand Bitcoin. I would love, I think I brought this up in my first critique of the riot, you know, episode series where I said, Hey, it'd be great if riot actually in these docu series, these episodes actually ask their employees what they think about Bitcoin. Like, and what is Bitcoin? Like just these basic questions. And I guarantee you, if I were to look these people up, right, which I'm not going to do, right, that would be a little bit dishonest. Maybe I'll do that for my documentary about Bitcoin mining in Texas, in the Texas grid, because I am going to, I am in process of writing a, a script for a future documentary uh, talking about uh, Bitcoin mining in Texas. Uh, maybe I will look them up and say, hey, what do you, what, can you tell me what Bitcoin is? What do you think you're doing here? Is, is, do you think your job's going to be around in 10 years? Have you thought about that? right? Because your last employer ditched you. Why would this one ditch you, right? They might start to think about the same economics. They might start to think about, well, is this a bubble industry? Is this sustainable? Like maybe this might go through their head. Maybe not, right? But I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, so yes, it's, it's just providing a, a short-term benefit for them right now because it's paying, you know, able to, they're able to pay their salaries and stuff. But what happens if Riot has to pack up, right? What if they have to shut down? Uh, then these people will be out of a job, <laughs> you know. But um, I felt a little bit more sympathetic in this episode. I mean, okay, I didn't really appreciate the whole sisters, you know, working together. I mean, but I guess it's a small town, so maybe I'll give them that. 
um, the father-son team. I guess that was cute, but uh, that's not typical of an American company. I mean, you don't really work with your, um, you know, if it's a big, big American company, publicly traded company, big company, big corporation, you typically don't really work with your uh, family members. Now, I guess that's a benefit. Like if you could go to work with your dad, like where your dad isn't the one hiring you, it's not your dad's business, right? Because that happens all the time where if your dad has a business, right, you can go work for your dad. And a lot of people love that, but um, they can impart skills. They can talk about the business, family business, but this isn't that. This is a publicly traded company, big, big corporation, right? Uh, able to hire people that are related to each other, like able to hire sisters in the same department. They're able to work with each other on a day-to-day, you know, in the accounting department or the con- or in this father-son case in the construction department building out these facilities. Um <sighs> I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's cool. It's just, it's, it's rare. I'd say, I mean, it's rare because it's a big company and the the father doesn't own the company, right? They're just an employee too. Uh, so I guess that's cool, <laughs> but to me, I guess that's just not what I want to hear. I don't really want to hear interview stories of employees, right? This doesn't, it doesn't really pull up my heartstrings. I mean, it's kind of it might be kind of cool in a way. I mean, this would this this episode too was at least better than the first one. Um, but still, this is not what I really want to hear about, right? This this Chad Everett Harris guy came on in the you know the first part of the episode too, saying, "Oh, well, you know, I, I I built this with my son," kind of you know saying, "Oh, father son, I built you know my, me and my son were mining, and then we sold it to Riot. After we built the windstone, we sold it to Riot." Uh, and then it set up this story of, I'd rather, I'd rather, you know, I, we built this great company, this great facility to mine Bitcoin in Rockdale, Texas, but I, you know, I don't want to talk about me. I don't want you to hear it from me. I'd rather you hear from this select group of employees that we've handpicked, right, for you to hear it from that we've probably programmed and, and told them what to say to some degree. Now, I don't think that they... Fed them, fed them their lines, but uh, maybe they edited what they said and just took what they wanted. Uh, but again, it's just, it's not that interesting. Like it's, it's a kind of a cute story, but it doesn't tell me anything really about the company. Um, it, it's, it is meant to be a distraction piece. It's meant to pull at your heartstrings. Like if it does pull at your heartstrings, they've succeeded right they've 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 succeeded in their mission which is to distract from their core business and what they're really doing right which is using gobs and gobs and gobs of computer resources uh land and electricity to mine bitcoin which what is bitcoin which they never talk about but this uh token that doesn't really exist it's an abstract you know digital token that 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 is represents nothing it's created out of thin air it's just a farce that you have to spend a bunch of electricity to create it which the code you know dictates what's all of these people you know accept the the code right they accept the code and the, the laws that are written into the code so they they waste a bunch of electricity and they're able to produce nothing out of that so what what these employees don't realize what they're doing is they're getting paid a real salary but they're getting paid to produce nothing. They're getting paid to waste all of this uh, electricity, all of this land, 
the human capital, right? Their own labor, um, the electricity that is in a shortage right now because of the Texas grid policies that are in place, but they're getting paid real dollars to, to go work here. Uh, and they, they distract you with this human sort of sob story or human improvement. Oh yeah, we have a great job story because we're getting paid real dollars. Yeah. For now, how long is that going to last? Right. These people have no idea the business that they're in, right? What, what is so sad is these people are talking about how their old employer, I think it was called Alcoa. I don't know. And Rockdale closed up shop, got shut down. Maybe the great financial crisis. I don't know what, what it was that shut them down, but they lost the job. They're so grateful for Riot. They're impressed with all the technology. They're impressed with all of these machines, mining Bitcoin in these little baths. They're impressed with the technology, the cooling facilities, the ability to shut off and on maybe these miners to comply with ERCOT regulations and then to sell that I mean, trade power, which is essentially what they're doing is they're power traders uh, with these long-term contracts of power that, that they lock in at low rates. And then they flip them when there's a scarcity event on our Texas grid, they have no idea what's going on. They have no idea that the Bitcoin miners are contributing to increasing of your electric costs. They have no idea that the, the Bitcoin miners are pro-renewables, who are pro-basically restricting energy freedom, at least Riot is. They're, they're pro uh, the green energy movement, which is energy fascism, right? They're not for, for freedom of, of energy. They're for, uh, they're for volatile prices of energy, and they profit whenever energy soars, right? They profit whenever there's, there's extremes in, in basically pricing of electricity. These people have no idea the industry that they work for. I bet you, again, none of them could explain what Bitcoin is, what Bitcoin mining is, right? They just, they just see computers and they think, oh, tech, technology is great. And we get to be a part of this and we get to get, for now, we're being paid you know, lots of money, real money, cash dollars from this company to do this. So it must be good. What they don't realize is that they're in an industry that is highly speculative, that basically what they're doing is they're in a bubble industry that can only exist to the extent that like there's cheap for, you know, cheap, expense, uh, cheap and expensive um, capital available to be thrown at this project <laughs> called Bitcoin. Right. And then that when that, uh, ends, right? Bitcoin might collapse, right? That the, their jobs might go with it, but they have no idea the extent of what this industry is. I mean, most people don't understand Bitcoin, so I, I'm not going to blame them, right? And I don't, I'm not going to blame them for taking a job uh, that, that pays well in a city that's, you know, on the outskirts of a big city, uh, you know, in this, in it's more than just the suburbs, it's, it's distant, right, from any big city. So I'm not going to blame them for taking these jobs. But what they don't realize is the nature of these jobs. They don't realize the bubble nature of Bitcoin. They don't realize that this industry doesn't really help society, right? It hurts society. It's a net negative, right? It's a negative sum game. It's not just a zero sum game. It's a negative sum game because they are working with Bitcoin miners or for Bitcoin miners who are extracting some some, some, some fee, right, to mine Bitcoin. So all the Bitcoin owners that out that are out there are basically being taxed, right, by these Bitcoin miners who have to continue operating and have to continue paying, you know, real world expenses for their electricity, their labor costs, uh, 
they're they're building materials and machine materials, everything that goes into Bitcoin mining is a tax on everybody who currently holds Bitcoin. They have no idea what's going on. They have no idea what's in store, right? This company, in my opinion, isn't going to be around in the future, right? Five, 10 years, maybe less than that. They're not going to be around. These people are going to lose their jobs and they have absolutely no idea the volatile nature, the the bubble nature of the industry that they and the company that they work for. I, they have no clue. And, you know, the people that run Riot, um, they're kind of despicable because they're, they're not telling these people, hey, look, our industry is very speculative. We may not be around in the future. Who knows what the price of Bitcoin is going to do? And we may have to close up shop, right? Um they're not being honest with these people. They're just assuming that Bitcoin is going to continue, right? The Bitcoin mining is going to become a thing. And it's sad to see these people say, oh, we've done so much for this community and we've employed so many people who live in Rockdale. We have great jobs, right? They should be thanking us, thanking us, thanking us whenever they're not really being honest with their employee base, right? They're not being honest with the tra- trajectory of this potential industry, which in my opinion is borderline fraudulent, right? But just kind of despicable, kind of disgusting. Like, because they're they're playing off. I mean, they're they're. This is a PR campaign. Oh, we're giving these people jobs. We've done so much for them, right? But what's going to happen when you take it away, right? When you have to close down because Bitcoin didn't work out, right? Nothing, right? They're not going to care. Um, so they're basically just lying to these people. But, you know, most Bitcoiners lie. Most Bitcoiners have no principles, right? They, they believe they're nonsense, right? Or they're just flat out lying, right? They, they, they basically are lying when they say they know for sure that Bitcoin is going to be around in five, 10 years. The Bitcoin mining is going to be around in five, 10 years. Nobody knows that. But they lie and they say that they do. They lie, they lie and they say, yes, this is a guaranteed industry. It's going to continue, right? I mean, a regulator could basically close up riot. Bitcoin doesn't have to collapse. A, a regulator of Texas, of Texas, uh, involved in Aircut or not, could say Aircut, the, the 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 Texas grid operator, could say, "Look, we don't want you here. You need to move." Right. So all of the infrastructure that Riot has built, they would have to pick it up and move. It. Well, what's going to happen to the people that work there? Well, they're going to be laid off, right? Unless they want to maybe move, but. Uh, do they, do I really think that they are going to be able to move all this equipment, all of their, their bass, all of this, this stuff that they've built there? I mean, maybe the equipment servers could be moved, right? But it's going to be very expensive. They're going to have to build somewhere else, right? And the people who work there, who live in Rockdale, who, you know, want to stay there are not going to be able to just pick up and move. So, and that's, that's, uh, uh, also predicting that the riot would even pay these people to move, which it probably wouldn't. They'd just hire cheap labor wherever they move to if they were move, right? Even if they were even to make this move. But you know, as a businessman, you know, you'd probably say, "Well, what stops you know Colorado or whatever you know uh, state I might move to from doing the same thing? From basically banning me, telling me I can't operate here? Nothing, right? So there'd be there'd be little, very little incentive to try to find a new location. I mean, unless um, you had really lenient state that you might really believe, I suppose. Uh, so this this riot episode two, 
tries to again, I think, distract, right? Just just they want they want good press. They want to to pretend like, oh, this is great, we're serving the community, right? But they they don't tell you what they're doing. They don't show you their their hand. They don't show you um, they don't let you talk to executives of the company. They're they're hired they're 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 interviewing uh, employees that work there. They're doing manual labor, they're being told what to do. I mean, it's not that interesting. To me, like having Riot interview and talk about their employees that are just doing the day-to-day stuff isn't that interesting. I want to hear from the executives. I want to hear about their long-term strategy. I want to hear about the deals that they've made to secure, you know, low contract, low price contracts of electricity. I want to hear about their dealing with ERCOT, uh, but they're not going to expose all that. They're not going to tell us this. So these, these docu-series are a waste of time. They're just some marketing uh, I, I want to call it a scam. It is kind of a scam. Now, I don't, you know, I'm not saying that this was a horrible uh, showcase in this episode too, but it, but it's not that interesting. It's not what I expected. And it's not doing anything for me. I mean, it, it makes me still very negative on the company, uh, on, on their, their BS marketing strategy, their scammy type strategy, right? Where they're just trying to pull at your heartstrings strings and say, oh, well, these people have jobs. Oh, great. They must be really great for the community. What they don't want to tell you is that they're really bad for the entire Texas grid and that they make energy prices go up, right? That they are trying to persuade politicians and bureaucrats to chain, change um, our electric grid policy, right? They're not, they're not talking about this. They're not talking about what Bitcoin is. Is it good for society? Right? They're just trying to show you some human stories to, to deflect and distract. And in my opinion, it is quite disgusting. It, it's, it's just, <laughs> it's, I don't, I, I don't know what the fallacy is, like where you're just throwing human people up and uh, it's like playing on your, your sentiment, playing on your heartstrings, but that's what they're doing here um, for sure.